everyone, and welcome to episode 146 of Squared Circle Gazette Radio. I am Liam O'Rourke, alongside Carl Jones. Who put Fit Finley in charge of anything? And Kieran O'Rourke. Is that an intro? Again, I'm not You're sure really getting trolled by these these introductions. It was just a flipping remark. It's been 146 it's episodes. We agreed, we agreed the same to, way. We agreed to stop doing the intros, and <laughs> Carl does this pseudo intro thing that throws me every single time. It's about as cerebral as I get. We are, of course, back this week to talk about NXT TakeOver Phoenix, the 2019 Royal Rumble and beyond, as we are now on the road to WrestleMania 2019. And as we uh, kick things off, Carl... Were you sad that there was no By the Numbers video aired on this pay-per-view? You know what? <laughs> you didn't even <laughs> notice, did you? It's actually, that shows how significant those those videos are, how important they are. When they're not there, you don't even notice they're gone. It's like Kane. It's, <laughs> you never notice when Kane's not around. But you appreciate where, that he wasn't when he comes back. Well, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, very much so. All right, so yeah, Kieran uh, being the opposite of that, by the way. Welcome back to the podcast. Yes, a, a one podcast absence, Kieran. Russell mm. Kingdom Thirteen. Thoughts in a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> really good. Yeah, fantastic show. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll be talking kind of in depth match by match on the Royal Rumble, but I do want to get to NXT Takeover Phoenix first. Yeah, well, I'm just going to say quickly. Pre Wrestle Kingdom, I was dreading how long it might be. The show. Kingdom. Yeah, I was expecting six seven hours. Four hours, I was so pleasantly surprised because halfway through I thought the next two hours are going to be absolutely fucking amazing. This fucking show, I turn it on (laughs) without a goddamn pre-show. Five fucking hours! Five hours. I believe the first match was something where in the region of 2.30 local time. Yeah. Fucking. It was pretty, it was pretty rough. In the afternoon! Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> on the pre-show this is oh, of course this is, this is a pre-show match I'm talking yeah but you know obscene oh good god can you imagine being in that building obscene we were there Kieran at WrestleMania 33 which felt like that went for about six years yeah. Yeah. puts the old bunkhouse stampede to shame doesn't it <laughs> <laughs> That's for, 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 any, for anyone who gets that reference <laughs> of course we always uh, do these uh, these big shows kind of looking ahead looking back on the uh, the milestone pay-per-views that debris churns out uh, so of course if you haven't listened to any of our previous ones you can go to the archives at squaredcirclegazette.com uh, where we archive every show we've ever done including our Monday Night War timeline series that we will be returning to originally we do this before we had a bit of a change in schedule we will be doing it next week talking December of 1999 in the Monday Night War talking every Raw every Nitro both pay-per-views with notes from the uh, Wrestling Observer and Pro Wrestling Torch newsletters of the time. Uh, always a very interesting show to do as a look back to wrap up 99. But as we fast forward, NXT TakeOver Phoenix, let's get on it. Um, I was kind of, a, my eyebrow was raised as I heard people talk about this is one of the more anticipated takeovers beforehand. I, I didn't have that same kind of, it was actually kind of a pleasant surprise, like, oh, takeovers happening again, let's see what's on this card. And then when I actually saw the lineup, I was like, okay, this could be quite nice quite tantalising but for me when I watched the show and I took it away I just couldn't uh, for a myriad of reasons that we'll get to was just fawning over Johnny Gargano Johnny Wrestling that's like I've got my my, my mental bullet points for the the things I want to talk about and Johnny Gargano is is the main one yeah he was the 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 story his character arc of turning to the dark side and uh, which I hated at first yeah, well, it's just at first it's like because it's born out of shitty booking. Yeah, <laughs> but now it's it's so it is so interesting and it's something it's really nice to have like a story like this that you can really get your teeth into and it feels authentic and it feels it doesn't feel that like they're just churning it like th- those two guys because they okay they, you know you know with typical things they, they work together they work opposite each other they go around the circle they go around the circuit together but um I don't know just 
the fit with him kind of following Gargano's lead and his advice and his oh Champa Champa sorry yeah um yeah Johnny following uh, Champa's um his ideology if you want and then Champa like just it just kind of vindicates his his healdom as well I just think it's a lovely dynamic um and it's yeah to build the show around it's fantastic I love it so where do you think it's going because the gut instinct is that this is going to lead to another match between the two and I, but I don't want to shoot that wad that fast I think you go on go I was just going to say I, I, I'm I'm inclined to agree with you. My worry would be, to Kieran's point, it's taken a while to really warm to the Gargano turn, and for if if they were to do that match too quickly, for it to feel like it was just sort of a false turn and dare I use the term the the, the old swerve sort of thing, it's you know I like, was to Kieran's point. It's something you can get your teeth into. I'd like to see it just, you know, allowed to almost ferment for yeah. a while. Just Let it percolate. Baby. Yeah, yeah. Let it simmer. Yeah. So it's just, <laughs> Any just more analogies. Just, but just in the sense, of, let if, it broil. If, if, it, if, it, if it, let the log burn a little longer. Yeah. If, he, yeah. <laughs> if he, if he, let me put it this way: if it was to turn out to all be a ruse by the time the next takeover show comes along, it would just feel like it's. A, a little bit hot shotted and yeah, not quite the sort of the natural process that that I would hope for. I, I mean, I'm I'm expecting they will have the match at the takeover before Mania. No, I can't do that. I just, I'd hope I'd hope not, but that would be that's what I'm expecting. If I'm honest, I my gut tells me the same. Like it's <sighs> going to be in like like a Hell in a Cell, like the biggest gimmick match in NXT history or something like that because it's the blow off of the big rivalry and it's like, I don't want that. No, 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 you can't do that. No, not, not, it's, what, so Johnny's doing this just to catch Chomper unawares and then he's mm-hmm. going, that's fucking well, that, bullshit. That's, that's <laughs> what, as much as we sort of have warmed to the story up to this point, that's ultimately the story they're telling, I think. If he's going to do that and fuck him over, he's got to do it in a, a really... The first uh, instant when he when he it, the ruse is revealed needs to be when he fucks him for the title and get to get the belt off him because that's a suspense. If if you just go, so that's a surprise that he's that, that angle he's working. If you just okay, eventually he turns on him, attacks him. That's that's so lame. That's just you still got to do the build up to the match. So yeah. to him, psychologically, he's in the same position still. Nah, that's weak. I'd like to see him play up the heel. Let them be the two man power trip on NXT. Um, maybe a few. Uh, Dispute here, are they moving up or you could do something with those two guys? But I keep them to keep them together as, as the two empire trip. Don't turn either of them. You can't have let people want it. Yeah, I, let I, people want Johnny to be a baby face again. Let exactly. I just it's it's just weak and so it make it. I really really hope they don't go that angle that that direction right. with it with in, within the next year. <laughs> <laughs> That's wow, that the long. eternal optimist. Yeah. <laughs> I, think I I don't see where else. They go in the short term because it looks like, or the suggestion is, going to Big Dave and, and the like, that Black is going to be called up imminently. So if he's called up, Gargano's already beat Ricochet. You're struggling to find who who's there on that roster that challenges Champa for the belt. Maybe they go back to the dream. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. I'm, I'm now letting that suggestion percolate. Russell, you see. Velveteen Dream wins the the title at WrestleMania weekend when Johnny turns on Champa. Hmm. 
Mm. We're all speculating here. Uh, plus, I imagine they're, they're going to want to do something a bit more, sort of, a bit of a bigger spectacle for NXT that weekend because they're going up against the MSG show. I think they're going head-to-head, are they? I think are they moved, not? They've moved it to the day before. So oh, no, they, they, of course they are. I thought they were going head-to-head. Yes, they are. They are. That's right. Sorry, my mistake. Which is probably going to make the WWE even more inclined to pull the trigger on something. And Yeah. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Hope, hopefully I'm wrong and Kieran is right. But Hopefully. You know. But what do you actually... Th- cause I, I'm kind of keen to know uh, thoughts on the actual match itself, which was kind of the, the highlight match of the weekend for me. Johnny and Ricochet. Um, I enjoyed it immensely. Um, I love Gargano. I love Gargano's his uh, his mannerisms, his facials. He's he's a wonderful little pro wrestler. Um, Ricochet is an incredible human being who can do things I can't even imagine trying to do. <laughs> but God damn it, I do think he's too set piece in his setup. He does this little thing. Where it's kind of the, the, the little skip uh, before he hits the ropes, yeah, and it's like he does it so often. It's, it's it's so obviously the setup to a set piece, a sequence or a set piece every single time, and it just mm. it, it doesn't he doesn't flow as much as I'd like him to. Yeah, everything everything's too orchestrated. Yeah. A moment like every single thing needing a forward roll before always drives me crazy with Ricochet. Um, he's he's. Big. An incredible athlete, clearly exceptionally gifted, but it's that breaking news. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In, in other news, also the sky is blue. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it's that. I don't want. I don't want to sound like a real hipster, but it, it's it's too choreographed. It's a bit too contrived. Um, not as infuriating as, say, a Will Ospreay, a point of which I've belaboured on this podcast many times. But it still has elements of that at times which isn't you know, is impressive but isn't necessarily my cup of tea yeah and the thing too th- there were moments in the match where it, it was like oh, you know as good as a chase I wish it had like an, uh, like a little bit of this guy over here or a little bit of that guy to add a little bit of selling in key points when they did that fucking ridiculous reverse hurricane runner on the oh floor yeah. on his head and then I like I hate that move yeah I don't like the move anyway but on the floor it's just absurd and then like about 30 seconds later it may as well have never happened, and they're just trading punches and elbows on the on the on the in the corner. It's like, pfft, I don't know, man. I wouldn't have done it that way. <laughs> no, he is. I don't want to sound like I'm knocking him in any way, but for me personally, yeah. I would always rather watch Brock Lesnar sell his stomach than than watch Ricochet not sell. Yeah, dying. Yeah, every five seconds. So. Yeah, but again, I, lo- I absolutely love the match. There's a lot about yeah, it that I liked. Um, however, another match that I was absolutely loving on the show was the opener I loved loved the War Raiders match with their fucking Roderick Strong and Kyle O'Reilly are like the fucking best tag team I love these guys a duo they're so much better than Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly it's not even funny but uh yeah I I feel sorry for knocking Bobby Fish though he's got nothing going for him he's got nothing going for him he can barely walk (laughs) he gets a paycheck but for how long he's like I, I he was gone and things improved I can't really say much more than that for, for his role in this team. Do you feel him so, as a four, a four, though? Yeah, I do. I do feel him as a four. I think they, they, they feel better yeah. as a four than they did as a three. Maybe it's because you just see less Bobby Fish. Just proportionally <laughs> less Bobby Fish. <laughs> the fish is floundering. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> and then you'll check this week, Carl. 
<laughs> but yeah, so I, I think again, it's a, kind of a bit of a one-man show with Hanson doing the uh, the wacky cart, the Bam Bam Bigelow trademark cartwheels and the handspring back elbows off the ropes and the the missed tope on the floor. Yeah, that um, that all worked out well for for Bam Bam long term, didn't it? <laughs> Yeah, so uh, I'm not so sure about his uh, kind of long-term hopes, but again, I, I love the match. The uh, the Viking intro was unique. I like the gimmick; it's just it's different. Yeah. So, and it feels kind of oh no, they were New Japan, weren't they? Yeah, they were. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I say it feels New Japan-y. So you know, it's like real an identity to these guys, and it, it suits their natural physical dimensions, I guess. Yeah, yeah they look just just different and cool, and it's nice. Uh, and it got allowed the one of them to have their wife and the show as well, I suppose. <laughs> That's a nice attitude to have. <laughs> but yeah, that, it was good, good for them. Yeah, it was a. Uh, it kind of felt like they needed to win, but I kind of want the belts on Undisputed Era forever because I, was, like, I think them as, as a duo are just fucking great. It, their matches can be the opener of Takeover every single time, and it's always going to be good. But uh, it was kind of like a bit of a shit or get off the pot thing for the War Raiders because I wasn't really feeling them to be quite honest. I mean, as, as much fun as they are, it's like they're always just kind of around. They kind of need to win here, otherwise I don't really know what they do anymore here. But they did, so there you go, and I'm guessing we can get some rematches, so it is what it is. Uh, main event I kind of wanted to talk about a little bit, because champ, after, after seeing the greatness of Johnny Wrestling and, and Ricochet, I kind of had a bit of a sour feeling about Champa and Black. I didn't enjoy that match too much, and it wasn't that it was a bad match, it was just that I... There's something about it when, like, it's... it's I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sold on Alistair Black at all, in terms of, like, well-rounded charisma. I think that people think he's got charisma I don't see. Uh, again, I do really like the uniqueness I like his uniqueness. He's, um... At times, he's very inconsistent for me in terms of poise and presentation. For instance... The Rumble the next night is a great one. I, to be fair, most people walking down to the ring. How hard is it to walk down to the ring and show a bit of charisma? It's yeah. like every fucking. How many guys do I think? Randy was funny. I know we'll come on to this. But anyway, I, I, I will come on to this later. But. Um, and why I've come on to this. But Black, yeah, he's one of them. And moments when you capture the look, the tattoos, the demeanour, he looks really cool. Yeah. But it does but it switch off at times. Yeah, that's what it is. And, and, and yeah, that that hurts. Um, I do like him. I do like him a lot. Um, so I actually prefer, yeah, preferred him the next night. To be honest, I thought he was he looked kind of cool in the rumble when he did the, the finger spot. But yeah, um, I probably like him a bit more than you do. I think I. But I, 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 I don't like him. It's not like I, I dislike him either. I think he's good. I like him. But when people again, because I'm kind of considering I'm comparing him to the idea of he's the top babyface on the show at the moment, and I'm not. Soul on him as a top baby face because of those moments of inconsistency. It's like he's he's cool and he's got a cool thing going, but there's just times when it feels like the spark goes, and it really stood out in this match to me. And they had a tough time anyway because the crowd was quiet to start with, and they did a, they had a match that was structured well enough that it actually did get them by the end. The crowd the crowd did get into it, but it just felt for both of them for me when I was watching. It's like I like Champa, he's very good. I like Black, he's very good. But it felt like to put the two of them together and they're both missing that little ingredient. It needs the other guy, the Johnny Wrestling, to add that little ingredient that made the Champa Gargano thing great, that made the you know the, the black dynamic. Yeah, it's like I, I you know, Almas to me has that, which is why I thought black and Almas work really well. But like both of them together, with them both missing it, it's like I made a comparison earlier on to like Champa to like a triple H type for me, where he feels like I can tell he's very good. Mm. 
But and and if you put him with the guy that's got the spark, he produces massively. And I think that Black will be the same as this too. But neither of them is the one that has the spark themselves. It's the difference between a Ric Flair and a Triple H. Is is the way I see it in my mind. And I think Champa falls into the the latter category a little bit. I mean, with, with regards to Black, I I do quite like him. But I, I think the, the criticisms are fair. Oh, criticisms. The observations are fair observations to make. If I'm working on the assumption that he's called up to the main roster uh, pretty much imminently, whilst the, the look is is cool and there is sort of a, particularly with the entrance, there is sort of a there is an aura about it. He, he's the archetypal guy that I sort of look. I think Vince isn't going to have a bloody clue what to do with him. Oh, he will. He'll put him in the mid-card. Well, <laughs> like everybody else. Everybody okay, else. He, he, won't, he won't have a good idea for him. Oh, no. I'll rephrase that. <laughs> Bloody facetious little sod. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he'll, he'll look at the... Oh, he's, he's Dutch. What's his promos like? Well, they're not... You know, they're not really there. All oh, right, okay. 205 Live with you, then. Oh, I think you'll get. I think you'll get a better push in there. That's well. That's that's always the the, the the bottom of the barrel. The worst concern, isn't it? Because I could see God. Poor Kashida. I. Yeah. Why? Why do it? <laughs> well, um, Kashida's going think. to. Uh, he's either going to. I think he's going to NXT. Okay. But he's left New Japan. Oh, okay. Yeah. I know. Butt I know. I hate that. Um, no, it look, it looks, I know, man. Look at, it, I ain't made happy. The, made yeah. this mistake when the fucking WCW and ECW folded, being happy because you thought they'd all be under one roof and it'd be really, really good. It wasn't. <laughs> it didn't improve things, and we've suffered ever since. Yeah. Leave New Japan alone. Well, Hideo Itami's leaving as well, isn't he? Yeah, it's, that's gone, the trade. Right? Kenta's gone back to uh, Japan. Oh, he's only got one arm. Yeah, I know. Mind you, I suppose so is Tanahashi. So. Yeah. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> um, but that would be my worry for, for Sarah Gargano going forward, that Vince would just look at the size mm. and just dump him in 205 Live. Oh, Gargano. Think of Gargano. They've got the um, they've got the Daniel Bryan precedent, uh, they've all, and, and Rey Mysterio before. They've always wanted the little guy that they can bully. Yeah. And Gargano. He's that guy. He's the guy. Oh, he fits, so. he fits He's the next mold. generation of the guy they're oh, going to yeah. pick on to get their internet jollies off. Oh, yeah. Because you think he can be a star and we think he's a midget. Tell us every reason why he can't be. But yeah. he's a nice guy and he's got a big heart, so he'll get a world title and he won't mean anything. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and then they'll say, told you. And, <laughs> and eventually Vince will just get bored with Finn Balor, so he needs the next one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and on, on the point of Champa, again, he's very good, but you're right, he's not quite the same without Gargano. The old, uh, the old Tully Blanchard analogy that the old blasting cap. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's something, something's missing that spark. I always think of Tully's fucking cheeky ass smile when he says that when yeah. you mention the plaster cap theory. But yeah, that little that little spark is just just missing. Yeah, still, ve- you know, still very good, but with the spark, it's great. Yeah, not sure this is any kind of a good segue, but sparking up brings me to Matt Riddle. It kind of hurt a little bit that. I don't think anybody believed Ono had a prayer because he's just been booked to be the, the guy that gets the other people over. But there were enough great t- little touches in the match that I did enjoy with uh, Ono biting the Matt biting of the toe. toe and that, that was, yeah, there's some, some cute little Stomping on involved. the foot and the fan 
camera catching it where you can just see the toe sticking out of his boot and he's grinding it in. That was, there were some really cool little touches here that, again, did get the crowd on side. And, and the crowd was a little bit down anyway after the after the, the hot tag match starting. So uh, that was that was what it was. But I, I feel like Riddle's, uh, Riddle might be the guy who ends up being the next top baby face, it feels like to me. And I love the finish. I love the finish of tapping out the strikes. The Forrest Griffin special. <laughs> Fucking, I love that. Who taps the strikes? Who taps the strikes, Forrest? <laughs> but yeah, so that was uh, that was that was really enjoyable. I, I, I did like it. It was it was not by it. I actually do. It kind of surprised me that uh, the crowd wasn't more into it. Cause I thought that they'd give it more of a chance, but uh, they, like I said, got there in the end and, and kind of did what it had to do. The only other match on the show was Shayna Baszler and Bianca Belair. Um, and I just love Shayna Baszler. Shayna's fantastic. What a fucking great character this is. Yeah. The, when the day comes, when they show up to help Ronda, when that day comes, if that day comes, considering that she's not going to be around that much, um, I think that's going to be great. Badass Shayna is the enforcer of this group. Maybe maybe SummerSlam? Yeah. Possibly. I mean, we can talk about this in a in later portion of the podcast, but just sort of projecting forward, there's a scenario I could envisage playing out. Yeah, it's just that I, I, I love Shayna Bay. So Bianca Belair, I thought, given her inexperience or relative inexperience in positions like this, I thought it did well enough. But again, they were following Johnny. They didn't have much of a chance. And to be quite honest, I wasn't massively enamoured. Didn't think and it was a bad performance, but it was just that it was... There was enough little, little shaky bits. The finish was great, though. The finish where she she keeps coming back up and keeps you know going back down in the choke, but she keeps fighting back, and eventually she just can do it no more and it's over. I thought that was good. Uh, but I suppose again in, in, in terms of a programme it's a come down from the previous programme with Baszler and Sane I'd, I'd yeah, say of course yeah well that's it so it's like and they're trying to push the undefeated thing but you know, some, some of that stuff that they're trying to weave into the match with the undefeated it's like ah oh, yeah it's a little bit I don't like that kind of stuff really it's a little bit shit <laughs> frank, frank in my opinion square square peg round hole yeah it's like you're shoehorning this in and it doesn't really feel as organic as Shayna does when she just comes out and she's a twat that's like that's the beauty of the character. So, yeah. uh, that pretty much sums up any kind of takeaways. Then on on predictions, I mean, it, I think Alistair's sticking around until it, he's not on Raw or SmackDown. It doesn't look like I expected him to be from the Rumble call-up, but none of those guys seem to have been called up in a way where they're in on on either of those main roster shows. So I'm guessing after Mania, they're probably just going to have nothing for him. I would say they probably don't even have a, a date in mind at, the, at this moment in time. Boy, mm. see what opens up. Um in terms of mid-card spots on the main roster yeah, yeah. It's, it's, that's the way who's winning the Andre Battle Royal this year I suppose is the uh, well, well, the we'll, we'll, well, Paul knows we'll, Paul knows we'll touch on that later I guess, yeah, I guess we will won't we we'll move along now to the big show we're going to talk about obviously the Royal Rumble 2019 a lot to talk about which is why I'm kind of wanting to, to give priority to this a lot to talk about for a particularly long show <laughs> five they were all like this though now it's just I know, but it, I know but, but it doesn't get any easier <laughs> it doesn't get it feels like getting harder actually it feels like these are getting longer even though they're not was it not five hours like, how long was it last year I couldn't tell you I probably, probably around the same oh, time period because there were two rumbles last year I, I think we're almost at the point where I'm going to start watching these in stages most people do most people do now it's the only way to watch it if you don't watch it live yeah well unlike most people I don't have a life <laughs> That's quite the, yeah, the admission to make here on this very podcast. Now, I didn't watch either pre-show match, or, or any of the three and, pre-show matches. And actually. I salute you for it. Yeah. There was three pre-show matches. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, the again, two advertised yeah. a bonus. Yeah. Oh. Again, again, Kieran, I believe that the first match was 2.30pm local time. Yeah. 
Apparently they felt they didn't have enough content on this show, so they had to squeeze in an advertised bonus match. Though again, you know, I'll take a bonus match over less panel time. Over less frankly. JBL. Over less Otunga. What's going on with this fucking dye job on his beard, by the way, Otunga? Fuck the dye job. Why is he still in a job? I don't know why he's there. He's not even married to Jennifer Hudson anymore. He <laughs> yeah, doesn't even have that sort of quasi sort of celebrity link they could try quasi and play off. At least before he occasionally went to the White House. <laughs> doesn't even do that anymore. I suppose Trump would laugh him in anyway. No, no, there's a, yeah, there's a, there's a separate there, there's, a, there's, a, there's a thing. There. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's skip That's that. A... But having said that, I love the aesthetics of the show because for the first show in a while it actually looked different. A stadium with a with a different, less impressive you know, entrance way, but it just it's like I'm know, gonna remember this show because yeah. it looks different. You know what it reminded me of actually, a, a, a sort of Thank different God. different scales completely, but because of the way that the entrance arched round, right, kind of reminded me of the Cow Palace. Mm. You picture the WCW shows back there, Super Brawl, where they when they have the they just, awkward ass, yeah, and they just angle around. Just kind of reminded me of that, and I looked at it in a positive way. I think. Was a nostalgic element to it. Like, ah, I quite like this. I, and then my second thought, quickly after that, was, that's not very conducive to sprinting in for a rumble. They've got to get up those steps first. It was. <laughs> it was. Uh, I, uh, I. Although I appreciated the change in um, aesthetics, I, I thought it didn't do any of the any of the talent a favour in looking cool. There's a lot of women on the show, and I'm 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 pretty sure it's only men listen to this podcast, so I can say it. But um, I feel most men will agree with me. Women don't look good when they try to run. My, my mom listens. <laughs> most women, apart from Carl's mom, don't look good when they try to run. Um, <laughs> it, it, they just don't look great athletes, and especially when you've got a corner to navigate as well. And I thought men and women, some of them, it looked a little awkward, especially in the rumbles when they're trying to get down there. So like, first of all, don't run. That's why Randy was so great. It's like yeah, fuck this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've yeah. noticed how yeah. stupid people look trying yeah. to turn that bend. I'm going to fall over. I'm a little bit high anyway because I've just got off my, <laughs> just got off my bus. So I'm going to take my yeah, we'll, sweet ass time. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll touch on Randy because I have some comments to make there. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's it didn't look good in, in in either rumble in particular. But I think what was so striking about the women's rumble with the entrances, I realised it was sort of jumping the gun a bit here was the way some of them there was an awful lot of movement in those run in those running actions for not seeming to go very quickly you know what I mean no one looks like a good athlete when they try and run around a bend apart from <laughs> Michael <say> Johnson <laughs> hey, I suppose so I suppose 200 meters you who Michael else? Johnson uh, not post-stroke <laughs> oh fucking hell he said it not me is it right as long as he doesn't make a left turn <laughs> Am I going to have to edit that? Or am I no, I'll leave he's it in. He's recovered from it. Yeah, oh, okay. Well, he's still, right he still does work for the BBC, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah good for him. I'm sure he'll be laughing about it now. He's overcome it. Yeah. So anyway, the uh, the show starts off with Asuka versus Becky Lynch. A puzzling decision here for a finish. Befuddling. And I've heard a lot of people try and defend this and no. kind of pass it off. No, you're wrong. This is yeah. fucking stupid. This is why wrestling is not grinds art. my gears <laughs> in so many ways, this modern product. Because if this person is so fucking if this person's the highest thing in, in in their company you don't fucking risk icing them with a, a submission a clean as a whistle submission loss in the opener two months before you're supposed yes, to shine yes bearing in mind that the program going forward is with Ronda Rousey yeah. who happens to specialise in tapping a people out yeah uh, I just, uh, not that, even to mention the fact they actually set this up 
by having Becky lose the title in a three-way ladder match so she didn't have to do a job. They brought her in to do the job, which she might as well have done in the first place if this was the plan all along. But again, baffling. And I hate it because you, know, you hear the smattering of... And I can hear people probably saying it to themselves now, listening to us about how, well, she won the Rumble and the live crowd loved it, so did it really matter? And I really think that we need to get out of this habit of judging what this live crowd reacts to and, and puts over as important. WWE big that's, show that's what, I'm, that's what I mean by that, is that audience is a terrible barometer for what will work because the people who are watching at home who or the casuals that you, you will want to be trying to hook into the network, in theory, not sure how many of them there are anymore, judging by the Raw range, not that fucking many... But this is, this is part of the reason why. It's because these things that they think they can get away with actually do matter. <laughs> the, rock, the Rock precedent, as we've talked about the, on the timeline, absolutely. ad nauseum. And when Steve Austin was put in this position in 1997, when he was going to win the world title off Shawn Michaels and said, hey, how about doing a job for Rocky Maivia? He said, fuck no. <laughs> you go fuck yourself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> how about fuck no? Yeah, well, there's another Austin analogy I'll use when we get to the Men's Rumble when it comes to... Uh, that ought to be Steve good. Austin. Um, but yeah, it's just... And I, I say to some, as someone who, who actually quite likes Oscar, there are not many women wrestlers in the company that I actually think are as good as they're perceived to be. I, I think she, I think she's an exception. I think Charlotte Flair is an, is an exception. And and uh, don't get me wrong, Becky is you know, over like Rover at the moment. But I haven't been the biggest fan of her in ring work. To be honest, does she, she doesn't um, bother me? But no, she, no, she's a stronger I'm, character than she is. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying she's like terrible in the ring, but I, just, yeah, I think she's a notch below some others. But as bearing in mind how over she is, and like you say, their, their rationale for it is, oh, well, we're going to bring her out later anyway, so that's how she gets her heat back. Yeah, he's just a, a submission finish. If you if you if you're adamant about if you're adamant on her doing the job, have. Charlotte screw her in some fashion. Anything. You can still, anything. You know, you can you can you know, if if you don't want to take the belt off off Oscar, you know, have Charlotte do a DQ finish, have her a, 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 attack Oscar or something, so it gets Becky Lynch DQ'd. You know, a real smarmy prickish sort of heel type move. because as much as they tell themselves Charlotte isn't a heel, because they I think they do still tell themselves that internally, she is. She clearly is. And she's going to be even more if they add her to this match now. Yeah. Um, Anything so, would have been fine. So you, do, could have, you, could you can do that. Becky doesn't do the job. She's screwed out of the belt. So the perfect way for her to get her heat back in the rumble by tossing Charlotte out at the end. I mean, as an aside, I'm not a fan of her being interjected into the rumble anyway, but we'll touch on that as we go forward. Yeah, and I think the thing with the match is like it was a tough match to start with because I don't think that... And you can hear it in the crowd where they're not super into this match at all, really, for, for the vast majority of it. Because, again, it's the two baby faces. They don't particularly... They weren't that passionate about Becky Lynch in this first match, is the point I'm trying well, to get to I, here. I think it's a, it's, a, it's a curious dynamic with... It almost sounds like I'm sort of blowing smoke up, um, up Oscar's ass, and that's clearly Randy Orton's job on the bus. But um, it's, it's one of those where it seems to me... If it's Beck in there with anyone else, the crowd are, you know, 90-10, you know, 80-20, whatever, pro-Becky Lynch. When it's Oscar, I always get the feeling it's a bit closer to a 50-50. 
not saying it's exactly that, but I always feel like you know, these are two individuals that the audience like in general. Yeah. So it doesn't the dynamic doesn't work as a match. It was fine, good, you know. It's nothing, a good match. Good match. Nothing, nothing really. But again, just a puzzling booking decision. Even even given what they were doing, a puzzling booking decision. Again, anything would have been anything's better than the clean job. Even if it was just the old fucking Lex Luger missed the perfect pin, but she's got a foot on the rope and the ref misses it. Some kind of thing where she doesn't lose without an, an out. I wouldn't even make the match first of all. Why you even do the match? I just, no, but no, I, I I agree with you. But having booked yourself into that corner Give, yeah, there's there, are better, be, there are better ways out of it than give her some injustice to justify her coming back and, feel, and think she has to right or wrong then, it's I mean, especially puzzling given the fact that she then the next night comes out to challenge Ronda on Raw to prove who the baddest one on the planet is after she just got tapped out by somebody yeah, else because she can't because she, she can't beat the other one yeah, well, that's fucking great I, 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 what a hero you really want to avenge and, your, your and losses yeah, and let's yeah, let's not pretend this company's not above doing a shitty finish to get themselves out of a corner they no. do it most weeks they do it on plenty of their pay-per-views these days yeah they're not above it no which, which makes it even more baffling that they decided to this is the one to do the clean finish yeah, yeah so uh, a curious start to the show so now we move to the best tag team in the world winning the championships from oh God. the bar Miz and Shane no. the crowd's no. liking this act yeah, Carl, two of your favourite people. <laughs> oh well, yes, yes, of course. The thing is, I um, because I, uh, as I explained to the, the lads before we start recording, I actually managed to break the HDMI cable on my PlayStation this weekend prior to watching the show. Well done, me. Um, I had to rely on my uh, friend's PS4, so I went around his to um, to watch the show. And he, oh, he's been a big Cesaro fan for sort of forever in a day since I, since I first showed him as, um, as casting Noli in ROH he, he loved him and obviously they've come out and he's just looked over him go on then make your prediction for this one well you know Shane and Miz are going over and you know that it's going to be Cesaro getting pinned don't you and he just he had that look as if I was just the scum of the earth <laughs> well disagree with me no no you, you're right like a broken man <laughs> so you know that being said of course we then watch this is it harsh quite a turd of a match I think it's harsh mediocre certainly there wasn't a turd poor poor I'll go with poor then because I'm subjected to <laughs> Shane's punches which are the worst I've ever seen and they're getting worse you know, I think Miz is actually <laughs> well. You know, they're his open palm punches. They're you know two very similar peas from very similar pods. <laughs> I accept that the Miz's dad actually looks like he enjoys food, whereas Vince clearly doesn't. Um, that aside, <laughs> yeah. You see, you just get blown up, Shane. It's a good job Cesaro stood up because he wasn't going to make it across the ring. Oh, for the coach, he wasn't making it. I don't know. He's, he's got some good. Uh, he's got some good leap. He then, he then doesn't sell the big swing. Uh, awful spot. Oh, the, that was he was swinging for a fucking while into, too. Into the shitty triangle choke. She never looks good when anyone in wrestling tries to do it. Never look good when Take tries to do it and calls it the Hell's Gate. Doesn't look good when Shane tries to do it. Well, technically that was a go-go plata, I believe. Oh well, fuck it. It's a <laughs> choke. <laughs> Not a very good one. Aesthetically, it looks like garbage. <laughs> um, I've seen the Google Plus used in real life. 
No. No. Never. Probably never will. Not once. Um, And, you know, people know my thoughts on The Miz when he's wrestling. So (laughs) I feel like I've adequately covered that match. Yeah, nice shooting star press to finish. That was a nice shooting star press. I was a little confused, obviously, being out of the loop a little bit. Um, About these guys being together. (laughs) All of a sudden, these dudes come ass slapping down the aisle. I thought, well, I guess... Shane needs something to do and so does The Miz so they're together yep they're a duo um, yeah okay there why not new tag team champions Bar are still together I see <laughs> they are indeed so, some things change some things do not the bar that, that bar has been lowered mm. <laughs> they're a fine team I like them I like together them. Oh, oh, I like oh. them together much better than I did them as a part so yeah oh, I, I, I like them together and I've never liked Seamus as an individual well, um, there you go but yeah they, they very much are what they are part of the rest of the mid-card mm-hmm. so moving on to uh, one person who is above the fray Ronda Rousey defending the Raw women's title against Sasha Banks uh, kind of curious to see what people think about this one because there's been a very high variance of opinions online to this match oh, I, I can I can see that um, the overall I kind of think energy to the match I, like, I say Ronda's performance is good she does a good she does a lot of things really really well but she's so fucking green and at times when she just you know the excess body movement on um, like random turns in a circle like a dog chasing its tail before you go down to pick up the guy or go for a cover and she's just overexcited and these, these little things and mm. it's to be expected but um you know it, you can't help but it does take a little bit of like Baszler's a more believable badass in a, in wrestling sense than Ronda mm. if you take away in terms of the performer just because the way she carries herself Ronda although how great she is that well, I think it's, she's almost too good for her own good she's so yeah like. I think that's the thing because she's so smooth in so many different they're in, doing the other wrestling stuff so when yeah so this, the natural ring awareness and, and timing when that lets her down as is naturally the case because she's new to it um, it does it hurts the overall act um, but the flip side I, for me the flip side that that's not a lost cause because that's she is green that's that's who she is and mm-hmm. it's, it's, she should be played off that if there's ever a character you know getting pinned with a shoulder to the mat well she's got a submission hold on for in, instance that spot yeah. she's, she's perfect for those kind of spots and, but that's probably not the direction they want to go with her she's the super athlete so she has to be perfect and unfortunately those little those there's a few moments when she shows her greenness mm. that, um I think she's more prone to doing that in there with a Sasha than she was oh, in yeah, some of her previous matches. Yeah, Sasha has that. I thought it's going in. Obviously, she has that kind of little bit of indiness. She'll do the, the wackiness, and, and as great as Sasha has been over the years at the times, yeah, there's there is sloppiness that creeps into very the game much. And, so and again, she's she needs calming down. So someone there, like in there, with someone like Ronda, who will just go along with probably anything that's told to her in, in this context. Um, it was a little asking for trouble at the time I thought mm. yeah I, I suppose the, the over eager nature of the pair be, because of Rondi's sort of a, her excitement I suppose as, as you'd say from, from her involvement and and Banks I don't want to say she's got a chip on her shoulder but it's almost sure like she comes off that way it kind of, it, it's almost very much like this um she's desperate to go out of her way to sort of it's not that she's irrelevant but she's desperate to show you I am this good and I can show you how good I am and and in the process of that you know again sometimes maybe you know 
overreaches at times if, if that's a, the best way to describe it there that sort of that keenness to show how good you are can can lead to sort of you know, an overexcitement and sort of some things not coming off as well as they might. Yeah, there's some stuff early in the match when they're trying to do like some arm drags and stuff, and it's just like it's just a little they're, they're going like a little too fast. Yes, calm, yeah, calm down a little. Exactly, yeah. yeah, and yeah, which speaks to that excitable edge and and doing things that maybe are just a little bit beyond your skill remit. Um, I mean, in fairness to to to. Sasha Banks, in reference to other women on the roster, I think after Charlotte and Asker in terms of in ring on the main roster, I'd put a number three. Depends if just, you're just, I'm, I'm just NXT no, I'm just, girls. Or? Oh no, no, I'm not. That's right. That's what I'm saying. Saying main roster, I, I think she's better in the ring than a Becky Lynch. I think she's much better than a Bailey, for example. Um, but I, I, I think part of the reason for the high high variance that you mentioned the match. Liam is whether or, I suppose it's about what someone's expectations are and what the story is that you want them to tell in that sense that Ronda is supposed to be the super athlete the killer submission armbar queen is this the way you really portray her in a match that's much more back and forth 50-50 and wins with a shit wrestling yeah. move or, or do you or do you want her to go out there and just absolutely destroy Sasha Banks yeah. So I suppose whether or not you liked or disliked the match, very much is dictated by what your aspirations are for the Rousey character. Yeah, I think they did a good job of kind of bringing, finding a way to bring a, a, a bit more of a fifty-fifty edge with the missed elbow into the post and stuff like that, which I thought was great. And, and Ronda sells very well. So if she did it less, I think I'd be more inclined to enjoy stuff. Like this is the Brock principle. If she sold a little bit less on TV and she did do less fifty-fifty stuff. I think I'd be when she did something like that, and then the, the, the whole match kind of revolves around the idea that she can't do a normal, or she's got a weakness or whatever. Then I think I'd, I'd probably have enjoyed this match a little bit more. And it's a very easy story to tell, isn't it? Yeah, like Kieran touched on with, with the green. She can't do the armbar you know, as well yeah, because she's hurt yeah. her own and stuff. Like, you know, and again, I thought that worked in that, that sense in this one. But yeah, I, I, I didn't dislike it as a match. It was you know, it worked hard. Um, Crowd dynamics really getting a little bit fucked up though with this with Ronda, unfortunately now. Well, it's the, it's the, it's that sort of smart ass mentality of, it's the UFC person who's taking the spot away from, you know, it's that, from Sasha. It's that bullshit, frankly. Yeah, and the fact that they know she's going now, <laughs> that probably hasn't helped. Yeah, but it was there. It was, there, it was, there, anyway. it was there before that. It was lingering. It was lingering. So we'll see how that goes because that could actually end up being a bit of a boon for them at Mania if they if they roll with it. Because they, they they always do that. Um, <laughs> let's move on to the women's Royal Rumble, please. Right, yeah, let's just get this out here now because someone will accuse me of sexism and misogyny. Probably G. John Chase. This was not a good match, and I, I've heard people say that. Well, the first half was bad, but it it picked. I'm not having it. I'm just not having it. It's a, it's a bad it's a it's a bad match that went far too long. Seventy one minutes. Lace, Lacey Evans certainly didn't cover herself in any glory. <laughs> Someone who clearly can't do the knee. How about that kip up? Twice, two time, two time. Sean Michaels was throwing his hat at the wall at the performance centre, looking at that on video. Yeah. Bandana. Yeah. I can't think of a 
really a single instance where anyone came out of it looking particularly good. And when it comes to the story that they've ultimately told in the match, I'm sorry if I don't rally behind Becky Lynch coming out when she's not declared for the Rumble, being allowed in by Fit Finley, who I didn't realise had any authority whatsoever. And so she ultimately wins, having been the last person to enter. How valiant. Yeah. How brave. And when it comes to selling the fucking <laughs> knee, just get in the fucking ring. The show's five hours long. Get in the fucking ring. <laughs> yeah. They picked the worst person to sell the fucking leg as well. Oh, uh, Lana. Oh, the ankle. There's two instances. You've got Lana with the ankle. Which actually, considering that was a, a spot in the pre-show, I thought that was a great touch. Okay. It was a good touch. But oh come on, she looked. Everyone, people laughed when she tried to. Oh yeah, did the hobble. It wasn't. Yeah. To say but, nothing but of a fact, Becky selling of to the say knee after fact, Nia pushed yeah. her off. Well, that was going on forever. It was going on forever, and she switched knees. <laughs> did she really watch her land off the steps? She grabs the other leg at first. Then by the time the camera cuts back to her, she's grabbing the other leg. The pain radiated to the other knee, Carl. I'm sure you weren't watching it in like a, a mirror behind you. No, <laughs> no, I'm certain because I didn't pick up on it at first. The bloke sitting on the other side of the room did, and made me rewind it back to prove his point. Because <laughs> he hates Becky Lynch with a passion. Ah, oh, well, he's gonna like WrestleMania then. <laughs> yeah. Um, there, there's a lot we get into here. <laughs> Once we're breezing through this. Oh, in fact, no, there was one very good part from this women's rumble. One part that I really enjoyed. Can you guess what it was? Any ideas? that you liked was it uh, Io Shirai's moonsault okay there may be a few more things that I liked that, yeah, more was it just Casey Catanzaro's oh, yeah. fucking fantastic handstand who is she she's great she's new <laughs> oh, she's wonderful her fucking I should have done that too Ferrari but yeah <laughs> the gymnastics end thing yeah. into the, that that's why Sasha's salty because my attention's turned to this whatever her name is I don't need to I don't, I don't need to know her name <laughs> completely shit all over Kofi later in the show didn't she way. just oh that was amazing oh, if, you, if you're Kofi surely you just watch that and think probably best not to bother yeah, this year not, not this year boys yeah. <laughs> let's not bother our little fucking donkey ride to the <laughs> best we'll come to that no the bit that I enjoyed the most from this match was Naomi and Mandy Yeah, Rose. I was going to say that, and I thought, nah, that won't be it, because there's no way Carl will get into that. I popped for that. Just of- shoving her off the fucking steps. Yeah. After all that. It's fucking brilliant. That's what a heel does. Yeah, and she got booed like a heel for it, too. Yeah. She's like, oh, he took that away. Yeah, that was great. That was actually a real uh, high spot in the match. Okay, so we'll talk broad. <laughs> Carl, okay. you've had your broad thoughts. Okay, my, bro- my broad thoughts. Kieran, diatribe. your broad thoughts. And then we'll break down the little things. My broad thoughts on this match. On the match as a whole. Um, I just feel every time I watch a woman's battle royal, it pro- it's possibly the worst battle royal I've ever seen. Uh, I'm not going to change my feelings on this one. This could be possibly the worst battle royal I've ever seen, Royal Rumble I've ever seen. Um, if I'm comparing it to previous women's rumbles, I feel like at least there's a more diverse cast of characters now, which made it a little bit more interesting. Rather than the nostalgia heavy of yeah, last year. Yeah, obviously. Um, but there's just so many people who have... Does, who? Who are you? Why are you on my TV? Like, you're special? When, have you even been on the roster? Two uh, minutes? Are you, are you referring to like the, the female Baron Corbin? Uh, there was a lot of them. Oh, Ripley. That's the one. Who? Yeah. 
Yeah, there was a lot of those. Um, but it's, they're, they're padding out a thin roster. So it's, it's coming along. I will give them that. They're, Zia Lee, that was a new one. Some cast of characters is a bit different. It's a bit more diverse. But it's just not my cup of tea, this average poor wrestling. Um, <laughs> I... <laughs> I love that expression. As opposed to average, average wrestling. Yeah, average, average wrestling. It's average, poor wrestling. Um, and in terms of the finish, I, I really didn't like... I, the, it's it's all about Becky, this this rumble. It's all about Becky. And so if you look at it in that context, I don't think you can say how it is anything but a bad idea to having a job and then coming in to win. It's if this was 84 somewhere and there were people in, and there were women in the crowd who'd been drawn to this wrestling show for Becky Lynch and they were crying at the end of the show because they were so happy that she got the win that they thought she was going to be stripped away from they got she got her moment she's going to get her moment at Mania which they thought was taken away from her early in the show um, then they would say yeah that it struck an emotional chord and people no it didn't people was like okay cool it's just 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 what they did it just diminished everything because it's it's made it just another angle, just another wrestler, just going through the motions with full conflict. If they wanted to do a shock, because like, I didn't shock anyone, well, they, it was, no, it was no just one was surprised. They, they, they were chatting uh, before she came. Yeah, out. you know what they should have done? They should have had her win the men's rumble if she's that hot. If you want to change things up and make an impact, do that. Do her, she enters, she's the one that fucks truth up. She enters the men's rumble and she gets it that way. So yeah. She is the man. Yeah, fuck it, do that. But have some balls if you're going to do it. Does it matter if the, the Seth won? No. <laughs> not one bit. But spoiler, it, it doesn't make a blind bit of difference to the, to the business going forward. Probably, he's probably going to do about twelve jobs between now and Mania anyway before he, before they go into the last week and they heat well, him up a we, bit. We can touch on Raw. Well, I've seen it yet. Um, so why not? If you want to, you want to do something to get people talking and be ballsy and put stock in, stock in the women's thing. You've already pissed on the men by having Nia go out there and do stuff anyway. We'll talk about this later, obviously, which is embarrassing because she's shit. So if Becky's so hot and she's so over as you say everyone says she is then fucking go with it let her win the men's side yeah do it yeah broad thoughts for me there was a point in this match where I was thinking to myself this is worse than the 93 rumble which I I hold as in the absolute utmost of contempt that rumble I hate that match again partly because you got your fucking who, why, who the fuck as a kid when I was, who the fuck's Carlos Colon newcomer <laughs> why is Max Moon and Damien Demento and Terry Taylor what happened to 1992's all star <laughs> cast and what who's this Bigfoot looking motherfucker coming down to ruin this it's not even Red Rooster Terry Taylor it's normal Terry Taylor <laughs> sex pest Terry Taylor why, why is Bob Backlund still in the ring you know these questions are running through my mind in the 93 Rumble and I, I, this one it bored me to tears. It was so fucking boring. And not only was it boring, but the work we've we've skipped over. But the work in the first half, especially, was fucking dog oh, shit. It's hideous. It was so sloppy. There were so many moments. Whether it's Lacey Evans being unable to do anything <laughs> athletic, apart from a nice little moonsault that she got in, between the timing of everybody eliminating people while the countdown's going on, so no one's looking at anything that's happening. Another minor little foible. It's shit like the Maria Alicia oh, Christ Fox interplay. The the amount of missed moves or moments where people are in the corner and the camera's on him standing still, yeah. not knowing what to it, do. Right, Mickey James. Mickey James's kicks attempted kick was, missing was by a, miles. Was and a harbinger of things to come. Standing there, not knowing what to do. It was if, if this was a men's match, this would have been fucking maligned. If it wasn't for the fact that the right person won in the end to them. Yeah. It struck me like that it was every Battle Royal Rumble cliche spot done poorly. 
Yeah, throughout the with the exception, and now this is the thing: there were what I think saved this from com- complete universal scorn is there were enough individual little moments, like you mentioned with Casey, Katanzaro doing the the cool stuff, like Naomi and, and Mandy Rose, like uh, Io Shirai doing the moonsault, things like that. They were like, okay, that's good, that's cool, that's interesting. The the hornswoggle thing, I'm sure you were thrilled with, Carl, <laughs> seeing him back. So you know, vague under the ring, kind of sticking her head out and laughing at people who've been eliminated. That got that got a chuckle. I kind of enjoy that. There were there were enough little things that like okay, I can see what they're trying to do. They're basically trying to buffer it with enough of these individual moments to make people think that this is plodding along well. But it, to me, it just didn't cover the fact that it was just so fucking long. And the thing is, there were there were people involved that were were clearly over with the crowd because you they conveyed that through their entrances. Mm-hmm. You know, Kari Sane got a very good pop, yeah. and you got and you got she the, was good. and you got the audible boos when she was thrown out. Oh, and Charlotte doing the exchange was yeah, good. That, that was good. I mean, Charlotte carried herself very well. We talk about people. Yeah, she's the star. Talk, Sorry, we talk. We talk, we talk about people coming down to the ring and in the entrance now. Awkward. They look. She looked. She looked like a natural. Yeah, yeah. Imagine that. Yeah, the genetics obviously. <laughs> you know, it, it certainly well, helps. Didn't help David. <laughs> <laughs> he was running down the aisle like a girl. <laughs> You can't always bat a thousand, <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, in, in, even in between those good moments, like, like you mentioned, the moonsault being good, it was. But what you had to go through to get to it with the fucking riot squad and the sloppiness of them just indiscriminately pulling people out of the ring and lingering around there like a bad smell. It's just. It's just trash. <laughs> it's just trash. So again, in terms of the actually, apart from the fact that I didn't catch that she sold different knees, which might be a revelation for a lot of listeners, I'm gonna have to go back and look at that myself because I didn't I didn't notice. But uh, right person won is what they all wanted. It's what they all expected. I don't think there was any real massive surprise. They were all happy when it happened. And actually, I thought to be honest, if it wasn't for the fact that like there were nice isolated moments, I'd be looking to say that the best worker in this match was Fit Finley. Because I actually thought his look on his face and the way that he sold the go on in yeah. and, and the big pop that it got all through his reactions was fucking great will, and maybe want a Finley comeback. I will agree with that because I'm watching it I'm thinking this is such a obvious fucking yeah. you know um, and it's all dependent on the get in there. So yeah. The, and it's, so yeah, he did, did deliver that very well and showed the poise that uh, a lot of the girls in, in, the, in, the, in the match need to learn from. Um, but yeah, I, 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 um, I'm really glad that I didn't have to change my opinion on women's wrestling for this show. Brilliant. <laughs> Thanks, fellas. Fellorettes. And after this incredibly long affair... 71 minutes, apparently. 71 That's full minutes. It's, it's, it's one thing if it's... It's one thing for it to be bad. It's also bad and the longest Royal Rumble in history. If I'm not mistaken, <laughs> I think it is. I can't. Think, I don't think anything goes longer. The only, than one. the only thing that might be longer is I forget the year where it comes down to Sean and Taker, Taker. and they have a, a good stint, which is which was brilliant back in the day. That one might be longer. I'm gonna have to check on that. Well, if I this think, is the longest in history. I, I, someone I, needs I, to smack. I, I think this this could be the longest, if not certainly second longest. It's 71 minutes. Yeah. So how do you? Why feel? aren't they speeding up the times? I don't know. I don't we'll, know because we'll get to that with the men's because they soon fucking did there. <laughs> yeah. Because we had to have seventy-one minutes of a terrible rumble. <laughs> I uh, yeah, 
I uh, what can I say more than more than what I have. Other than how would you feel about being Daniel Bryan or AJ Styles having to go out after that agonizingly long match with the the moment that to be honest is felt like the only one that they really came to see, which is Becky winning, and they have to go out there and do a twenty five minute match. They were fucked. <laughs> yeah, and they worked really hard. They worked so hard. Oh, for a, a dead crowd that, that, that were that no. weren't that was never going to be helped by the finish. <laughs> no, even if it got them, even if they got them in the end, they were going to get one. Yeah, they were going to get one if, in the e- eye. Even yeah, even if they're with that match, that flat ending is going to take take it out of them. Rowan, the return of Rowan in a flannel shirt. Yeah, it was on when you saw the flannel. Doing, yeah, what's he doing out here? Well, Brian's been wearing flannel all week, so you know, ever since his heel turn, I'm going to stick my neck out, Cole, and say that he's going to t- he's going to attack AJ and help Brian. He's going to help. He's going to help the heel. <laughs> Fucking loser! And, you know, credibility of announcers for crying out loud. Oh, oh, oh on the subject of Renee, <laughs> on the subject of women who are bad at their Renee, jobs. Bloody Renee, bloody oh. Renee, Renee is Otunga level bad. Jeez. Awful, absolutely awful. I like Renee, and, and, and it breaks to, my heart to, to say. To balance this out, I think she was brilliant in her yeah. role as a backstage interview. I mean. yeah. She was exceptional in that role. No, she, when she's thinking for herself and and speaking naturally for herself, she's fantastic. She's one of the best best, best um, of those you know f- facilitary characters they have. But goddamn, relaying Vincent Mann's uh, set piece lines with all the authenticity of a 1990s cartoony character from this company like Duke Drosius or something it oh god it's awful it's it, it, the, it's the, the tone in her voice as well there's so much you, you can you can imagine the the internal thought process as she's saying it she's thinking in her mind this is fucking terrible yeah, you, know, you know, it's not as if they just picked her out of a bloody lineup and shoved her, gave her a WWE contract. Here you go, here's your big break on TV. She was working for TSN in Canada in an on-camera role. She was a sports presenter. She's, she's, you know, she's good. She's great. Yeah, but not at this. Not in this role. Not, 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 not with Vin. Not with, I don't, I don't think anyone can succeed in this role because Corey Graves was getting progressively worse, and Renee Young started not too bad, to be quite honest. She didn't. Add massively, but she was fine. But as time's gone on, man, you more of that vintism seems to be creeping through. But anyway, there's one. Yeah, there's one point in particular. I'm just going to say. I know it's in the, in the in the Brock match, but when Brock's um, Cole really peaks his his inflection, he's putting over that Brock's actually really hurt and in trouble. Oh, the uh, and he, eye contact line. Maybe it might be before that, but it's around then. He really, really peaks it. I thought, well done, Cole. You've actually where the other two are fumbling around for a while in, in their monotone cliches and she came in with something straight after that and just completely iced the fucking his line it's like it's the context of context of, of what's been is awful here yeah yeah so Styles and, and Brian these poor bastards are doing dragon suplexes onto their heads they're fucking going you know Bri- they're, they're, they're Daniel Bryan's taking a reverse DDT on the there's floor some sort of, there's a cool spot that just gets nothing this poor fucking guy with his history of concussions taking that move for nothing what a waste what a bunch of wankers the, in this crowd. The thing, well, the thing is, I, I'm assuming, Roger, the crowd didn't buy that as the finish. And I'm, as I'm sat there, I'm not buying it as the finish. Oh, the claw choke slam. The claw choke slam, because there's such a 
to me it seems like such a long time in between I'm saying okay it's a very prolonged arm across which is fine because he's just taking his finish and it's the slow count he's going to kick out it's a bit of you know it's a false finish spot to, to get the crowd oh no, nope, right. that's it. Can you imagine the where creativity? The, where, the, where the fuck do you go with? What the fuck do you do with Brian now? Yeah, who'd you put? Oh, Styles. What, Styles is sunk. You know, the, yeah, Styles this, feels cold. Does now. I I love the creativity of the thought process here. Twenty people in a writers' room. What should we do for the finish? Ref gets bumped. Babyface hits his finisher. Heel runs in. Finish. They didn't even leave. Like they didn't even fucking have like the ref get bumped and then like then he comes out. He just came out there. So just, you might as well have walked out with a sign. <laughs> yeah, with, with the finish written get on ready it. Ready for the finish. <laughs> yeah. Here it comes. Yeah. You might have said re- re- ref bump finish running. Recycle, recycling the old Sean who booked this crap line. I will. I do something like that. It's just it's just so telegraphed, and it's such a. Shit person to have involved as well. It's it's sad. It's sad because it was like after that long, long, long match, and Becky wins. It was the wrong place for this match. A slow start. They, they, they work slow because they thought if we work slow, we'll pick it up and that will get yeah. them. And sometimes that can work, but not here. And I think it's just because the show felt like it was going so long because it felt like an eternity to me. It's going long, and you've you've stuck this. So because you think the psychology of these fans, they've just sat through a seventy-one minute rumble. They've been there. For about four out five, six hours already, probably by this point. And it's two guys, and they just start off okay, pretty methodical, mm-hmm. pretty measured. And the fans are happy just to sit there and not engage too much because they're fucking tired themselves. Mm-hmm. They needed perking up yes. and to slap around the chops. But um, this was not the match to do that. This was not it. This wasn't the start to do that, no. And it's, it was such a shame. Which now. Brings us to the great Brock Lesnar. The highlight of the evening. (laughs) This was fabulous. Finn Balor, good effort, but Brock Lesnar, take a bow. I don't want to hear any more of this shit about Brock Lesnar being a bad worker. worker He's fucking great. He shouldn't have the bell. It's dull now. Too many suplexes. I'm, I'm fed up of Brock Lesnar. No. Brock Lesnar is tremendous, and if he was, the use of him when, is he's, boring. when he's not there, you notice. Well, that's quite often. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's, you know, shows how, how you know emphasize how much you're missing when you see performances like this. Yeah, it's how great he is. A fabulous effort. A, a match that I was never really all that high on because I'm not the biggest Balor fan. I think that no, I don't, I, 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 I don't, I'm not a big believer of Finn top guy. A lot of people see the champion I, these days, but uh, I'd agree with that, and particularly not smiling Finn Balor. Not the smiles. I thought he looked phenomenal in this match. I thought he did, he did. really, really well. He was such this a was good the face. this was the best Finn Balor match in WWE. Yeah, apart or from NXT. apart from the smile, yeah, I agree with the smile. The false smile is just obnoxious. Um, it's it's false, but he was fantastic in the role. Allowed to afforded to him by a magnificent world class performance by Brock Lesnar. There is no one on in this guy's level in terms of believability as a guy, the believability in his arseholiness, because people, the smart, a lot of dumb pseudo smart marks hate him for this perceived attitude. And you're fucking so wrong. You know nothing about this business. This guy is the best, most believable act in the company by such a long way. I love this guy so much. Yeah. Everything we've said about this guy. Ad nauseum over the years on this podcast. 
is showcased in, in this match for me. The only thing I hated was after the match. Why the fuck did he have to no sell the injury then? And and Lamer, yeah, that was so that that was so. I hated that. That that it did nothing but weaken Ballo. Yeah, uh, it didn't need it. it didn't strengthen Brock. No, Brock it didn't. Face. That screams of the the Vince. I know I'm right, and I'm going to demonstrate to you I'm right. Based in based on the, the build in the Raw's previous event, Vince doesn't believe in him. Well, this was his. Manifestation of showing how he doesn't believe in him, because yeah, I'm not the biggest Finn Balor fan, but if that match just ends, he comes away from that looking really good. Elevation in defeat. But yes, a, ra- a rarity these days. But no, they have to put the exclamation mark on just how little they really think of him <laughs> by by that ending. The thing it took me like they okay Brock we want you to do your thing sell the stomach make it believable be awesome make people think Finn has a chance in this match Finn you need to hold up your end of the bargain and if you can do show some fire and hang in there you'll both come off great because Brock you're going over and it was like mm, we don't want Brock to show that much weakness we need him to do this for the purposes of the match but we don't want him to look that weak really so after we've got the narrative mileage out of it by you know playing with our emotions during the match as soon as the match is over just spit the shit out of him so you look like a badass again and everyone's back to where we were and it was just uh, and disappointing and because we don't really care about Finn Balor and even if he can go over we don't really want him over because we have no plans for him and we don't want to be forced to have plans for him so let's just make sure he's exactly where he started it by night's end yeah that's kind of how I felt I haven't sums it up I mean I, I, again just kind of honing on the, the greatness of Brock this match in its short length was exactly what I felt like was needed after the Women's Royal Rumble something quick that the crowd cared about they with, were into with a tempo you needed a tempo Exactly, you need something with a bit of fucking bite to it that was shorter and sharper after that big, long, agonising fucking debacle. And then, so here you go, fucking Balor's right out the gate, Brock shuts him down, fantastic. Oh, the injury to the stomach. The beatdown comes, the suplexes, but then he, fuck, it's bothering him. It's it's there, you can see it in him, his mannerisms. He's selling. He's actually selling, and when he can't, he, he goes for the Germans, and fuck... God damn it's annoying me. He goes for the FI. Fucking god damn it, that fucking and then here comes Balor with, you know, with a fucking rally. Didn't need to be the longest rally in the world. He got the three dives in, which was beautiful. Beautiful length. Wasn't too long. Didn't drag. Didn't make Brock look a dick. They actually pulled off the match that I thought would be really hard to believably do because of the size difference. But I didn't have any doubts for a second that if Brock wanted to, this will be fucking great. And it was. And it all builds up to the great spot, the double stomp, which was the best one he's ever done. Because he actually had to jump for it. He wouldn't do his little fucking twinkle toes fart landing that he usually does. It doesn't look like it could break a I'm fucking jumping egg. jumping in a puddle! Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't look like it could break an egg when you do it to Cena. <laughs> Meanwhile, he just fucking slaughters Brock with it. And Brock just fucking slaps on that Kimura the eyes the eyes the eyes. <laughs> the eyes come and then he just taps him and there you go great and he sells afterwards and it's all looking good until he decides to murder him and there you go uh, and, I, and I think the frustrating thing is that well a great piece of business until yeah, that though yeah and and if I'm not mistaken Lesnar requested to work with Bob yeah and so it's just one of those things where you think well Vince if your biggest star 
thinks that there is some value to this person, maybe you should reassess your thinking of them as well. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. 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 <laughs> Well, there you go. Anyway, so as 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 much as it felt like, oh, this this show's been given a fucking some impetus, a bit of fucking adrenaline has been shot I'm, into the heart. I'm God it, fiction, just when you think it's yeah, on the brink of fucking I'm, death. God knows it needed it. Three hours and fifty nine minutes in. It's time for the second sixty minute battle royal of the show, and we're off to a fucking rocking start. Just watch Elias do a ten minute promo is this, first. Is this? Bearing in mind that Bob Backlund was one of the first two entrants in 1993. Is this the worst start to a Royal Rumble match oh, ever? Oh, let me think about that. I'll have a think about it for a while whilst we go through this process. I hate Elias. <laughs> I hate him so much. <laughs> He's terrible. I remember, the, the, like I said, the, the, the bloke I was watching it with, he, um, he said, Oh, that Elias is he's no good in the ring but he's quite you know I find it quite humorous and he'll probably improve and he's been doing this for 10 years now oh <laughs> oh right yeah that's what 10 that's 10 years of work <laughs> what he's the got, fu- what, charisma, what the talk. fuck like is he him. playing at he's, he's he's great for what he is cracks me up he's, he's alright okay great. fine if you want to go with that not with some of the fact we are over four hours into a show at this point. Was this worse we're than... Be, uh, was we're, this... Be, we're being treated to the shitty Elias concert that we see every fucking week on Raw. I watch every week on Raw, so... <laughs> He's all right. He's great to me, yeah. <laughs> Who's this new guy? And, and then we get Double J coming out, which yeah. gets a nice pop. The, the crowd quite... SCG Zone. Yeah. <laughs> J-double-F. Big Daddy. <laughs> Big Daddy. Big Daddy. It's his world. We're all just living in it. Um, and I'm just sat there at this point okay he's entered <laughs> okay that's the first two in oh no they're talking duets <laughs> oh god he's, he's dragging on thinking that's also well, thinking bear in mind I was getting frustrated earlier in the night because I'm screaming for Becky Lynch to get in the fucking ring to get that match over with I'm sat there watching this thinking come on where's number three this has been more than two, oh for fuck's sake it's been more than two minutes I, fucking do something now to Jeff's credit he's throwing some great working punches his punches are the best punches They're tremendous. on the show they're fucking great I did I was I thought oh, I did think start, oh. during that 10 minute start I thought surely the bell's gonna go and Road Dog's coming out surely they're gonna anyone out. they saved Just it for Roar instead oh really yeah oh, oh great mm. yeah. <laughs> you, you gotta make people pay for that that's, oh, that's, that's, that's gold that's gotta go on TV okay oh, I'm sure it'll be on Twitter somewhere actually, yeah. so sorry Liam what were you gonna say was it was this worse as an opening than Armoured Crush from 97 that's the only one that I could come up with that I thought was as yes turgid. yes that's not to say that Crush Armoured, Armoured wasn't crush. awful but it, it's just it's the length it's the length of time that this intro is taking over the course of what is an already incredibly long show that feels like it's now going at a snail's pace having just had some life injected into it yeah and the match kind of just limps along for the most part <laughs> like, I have to think I wouldn't I wouldn't say this was a bad rumble in the sense that you know, nothing was awful the Kofi stuff was it clearly contrived. 
What are you talking about? Um, <laughs> Why so? What didn't you like? Lying on your back, on the floor, no. with one leg <laughs> in the air. Um, no, you're out. You're, 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 out. you're out. You're out, Kofi. Your hips are touching the foot. You're out. But his foot's not touching. Hips are part of the leg. Mm. They need to change the rule. They need to change the rule. Oh, it's by, a clarification. By this rule. VAR. That's <laughs> what it means. By this rule. Is it true that Kerry Von Erich has not been eliminated from the 1992 Royal Rumble? He has Rumble? never, ever been eliminated. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he is therefore still the true linear the WWF linear. champion. Yeah. How does that work with Maven? Because well, I, I, I don't think Taker ever eliminated him, did he? Yeah, he, he just did. beat the shit out of him, no, didn't he? No, he threw him out. He threw him out the top oh, rope. Oh, did he? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he did. Oh, I always had a little story in my head there. <laughs> oh, well. I think one, 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 one can't agree forever. Oh, I like that one. Um... <laughs> I've lost my train of thought now. What? You're ripping on Kofi being contrived. We were talking about this rumble basically yeah, plodding along. It just, it right, just Kurt Angle's in and he's out. Yeah, the crowd clearly didn't like that. No. Johnny Wrestling shows up. Yeah. And no one what? Wa- no, they do not want to sell for him. No. This is, that was this no, is, I didn't like this that. Is, this is, that. That was clear big man mentality. Yeah. I do not want to sell for little Johnny Gargano. Yeah, that pissed me off. And it was actually when Jinder came and thought, don't you fucking dare. Don't you fucking dare have Jinder eliminate this guy. And thankfully, it was the other way around. Just this was but, but I was uh, that was a pleasant surprise. I was genuinely surprised by that because mm. I thought that was typical. We know they hate gender. We'll really get some heat when we, you know. That's what I mean. Didn't it feel like I was? It was like, That's oh, what I was waiting for. They're gonna here do they it. go again. Yeah, here we, here we go. Every year with the rumble, piss off the fans and kill the match. <laughs> but yeah, I plods along. Me being the sort of the homer that I am, I will say that. I thought Samoa Joe was tremendous. Oh, he was the star of the Samoa match. Samoa Joe was tremendous. He was the best guy in this match. I thought he was so and, good. And just the chance of Joe as he's marching to the ring. That, that's a man who can walk that's the aisle properly. Yes. That's the guy that can Absolutely. walk. That's the guy that can walk the aisle. Mean mugging and grimacing like yeah. something's going to go down now. I thought my favourite spot in the whole thing though was when uh, was the oh, it's only two seconds if that it's completely irrelevant but when Pete Dunne did the, the finger the finger break on Alistair and then Alistair when he, when he popped it back in he yeah. held it up he's like that's really nice getting help get yeah. Pete's gimmick over and like, that's good that's good pro wrestling yeah. Pete who amongst others had clearly been spending some time on the tanning beds recently he's rather orange he, he, he looked like he was yellow in patches yeah, that, just, that kind of just happens. And by like, the way, the fucking canvas by the by the middle of this match looked like somebody had fucking shit all over it. <laughs> but but yeah, to, to your point, Liam, it just it apart from sort of Joe's individual performance and maybe one or two bits, very much felt like it was just meandering along. We well, let's, let's hit the tropes. We got the couple of the legendary comebacks. Couple of the always. Oh, Kobe's been thrown out, but he hasn't. We'll, 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 sh- we'll shorten the two minutes bit because we're running long on time. No way, Jose comes in, out, gets mauled. <laughs> How many rumbles have they done this year? Uh, well, this year or in the last twelve months? Okay, let's say last six months. Just these uh, and the one in Saudi. That was last April. Okay. So but within, 12, but within 12 months, you've had five. Okay. Yeah. Five and 12 months. Yes. Before they go, I mean, it's yeah. hard to do interesting things to keep rumbles fresh anyway. Um, and that's, there you go. Not a whole lot of new, it felt no. like. No. And even bits where you think that they're, they're trying to get little bits established. Obviously, the, the tightest bit was very good, where he walks up the stairs and then he does, he does you know, sort of. He, he runs he put, and then he puts stops. The, puts the cross on himself before. And that's a nice, yeah. that's a nice little pop to then. Go, uh, 
It Go actually, the ring, I know. think it actually would have been better had he run and slid under the ring on purpose to get Kurt Hawkins. Like, actually done it in one smooth motion this time. Yeah, if he had, like, some kind of coordination. <laughs> if he had that coordination, he wouldn't have done it the first time, Liam, so. But we'd have been deprived of a wonderful yeah, moment. Yeah, yeah. And probably, he could have died. Well, yeah, but it's probably, really ex- could have. it's probably extended his contract by a good couple of years. Yeah, and I like him, so that's yeah, all right. He's, yeah. he's a nice guy. You know, one of the few that had the balls to say, no, I don't just embrace Hulk Hogan now because the company are bringing him back. I love that. He has a oh, spine. That was wonderful. He ha- he, won- he won points for me for life with that. Yeah. yeah. What did he do? Basically, when Hulk Hogan made his little backstage apology, where he basically just didn't apologise at all and said, everybody just watch out for being recorded. <laughs> that was his big fucking backstage apology, was he didn't actually apologise to anybody offended. He just basically gave it as a warning. And of course, the only people who said anything, Kofi Kingston... Gave a bit of a that's not a apology, so I'm not taking it as one <laughs> message. Is it face? Pretty much, no, he wrote it on Twitter for everyone to see. Oh, okay. And then Titus, I think, was the first one where he basically just said, Ain't taking that. <laughs> I don't believe that you've changed at all. <laughs> like, it's like, that takes some massive bollocks. That person, like, he doesn't care. Because that's like so against the company line. It's like, yeah. I love it. You find that lately tempting, tempting the fight. We can do fire me. Yeah. Go on, dare you. Day is a fire me. I'll get Sonny Ono in your ass. <laughs> <laughs> in a heartbeat. But um, even bits where I felt like they were like, trying to establish a bit more Mustafa Rally by having him eliminate Joe. And Nakamura. And Nakamura. Well, that way, sucks, that way. sucks to be Nakamura these days. Yeah, it sure does. Um, that poor fucker. Oh, so, well, but, but, New Japan. But, but you do <laughs> something wants. like that with Mustafa Rally. But before the that rumble's over, <laughs> you completely undercut it because he's dumped out by the decision to have Nia Jackson there was just fucking atrocious what didn't you like about it well the fact that she's not very coordinated her offence doesn't look good in general and all the guys are bumping for her where her size is not a factor because outside of Ray they're all bigger than her anyway so why are they bumping around like that for her Makes no sense. Um, so nothing. I sit there, and to go back to the Steve Austin analogy, all I could think of was Steve Austin and Mark Mera. Oh, that's all, fair. This is all I could think was Steve Austin thinking, "Who the fuck am I wrestling in California next week?" Because it'd be none of these guys. Yeah, no, not a one, not a one. Well, it's Brock, Brock Lesnar's probably sitting. Nia Jax has been shit out of this lot. I'm not selling for any of them. <laughs> Rightfully so. Yeah, absolutely. Well, misogynist, sexist, calm, critique of women. No, it just looked stupid. We were vouching for Becky Lynch winning this thing before. It's not sexism, it's bad casting. I hate... Yeah. Intergender wrestling pisses me off sometimes, because sometimes you'll say... And I went on a rant well, on the that, UK fan forum about this the other day. Well, about, is- I hate it when you see on the indies, or on certain... Like Lucha Underground did this, and I didn't like it there either, really. Where they would have, like, a hundred-pound woman wrestling completely normally against a guy selling the same taking the same amount of moves like it was no big deal and I don't buy that in the slightest the laws of physics don't matter exactly it's a computer game it's all about reducing energy bars I fucking hate that no but that's it because it's entertainment yeah it's part it's part of this it's part of the circus it's shit is what it is you know whereas if you're having a woman come in right I'm just just, say the Johnny Neckbeard in the front row can fucking I'm just I'm gonna get in the ring and I'm gonna kick X in the balls alright yeah I can believe that Watch him crumple in a heap when he's taken one between the legs. 
That's yeah. happened to most men. <laughs> we can all relate to that in some form or fashion. It's like in parts you can get away, like China doing the low blow, fine. Lita Thurner Hurricane Rana's cool. But when you you gotta cast it right in the thing yeah. is Nia Jack just got tapped out by Sasha Banks on Raw two weeks ago. She just got eliminated in her own rumble. Exactly, it's not like she's some kind of monster. Exactly, yeah. If oh, it no. was like fucking awesome Kong, you know, she, yeah, she was an unstoppable monster that just devoured the whole women's division. Oh fuck, and now she's in the men. Go she, for the men. Shit, that's interesting. Yeah, just but an average run of the mill woman who's just a big girl. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. She hasn't been portrayed as anything special in her own division. It, Jesus, it would be, it would be no different to, to me anyway. It'd be no different to in ninety four or ninety five, ninety six, somewhere in that time period, putting Bertha Faye in the men's rumble. That's what it amounts to. It's a large woman. Yeah, Can't, don't say large woman. Big girl. Big girl. It's a big girl. PC girl. Dare I say? In Nia Jack's case, she's less charismatic than Bertha Faye. That's quite the critique. Mm, yeah, oh, quite I don't know about that. Oh, that might, maybe that's an episode. But, but the, the wider point remains, <laughs> she's not... <laughs> she's not charismatic. He wasn't talking factually. He was making a point there. Yeah. Yes. It's art. She's not, she's not, Nia Jax is not charismatic. Her no. work is not good. No. She has, she has no personality to speak of. So, so why have they put her in there? Because she's large. Big. Let, yeah, let's not kid ourselves. Yeah. And let's not pretend this company doesn't want to have it both ways, considering the way they've booked Mandy Rose in recent weeks and the little Alexa Bliss skit on Raw. They're trying to see how much they can get away with on that end of the spectrum now again as well. <laughs> so let's cut the holy and loud crap for anyone who disagrees with any of the listeners. I wonder if the guys are cutting the holes in the locker room walls again these days. <laughs> just, just like in their good old days. <laughs> the halcyon days of the actual someone's, someone's phoning up Sean Stasiak for tape recordings. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, this just, it just generally meanders this as a match. But I did get a kick out of Randy Orton. This, I, I was, that might be the I, first time I've heard you say that. Well, I, I was waiting for the... Cause I, I, Remembered back to his entrance at the Greatest Royal Rumble, where you had like a Titus sprinting down and tripping up, and you see him all sort of struggling as they get to the bit where the, the ramp ends and it flattens out. And then Randy Orton came out at the show in uh, Saudi Arabia in Jeddah, and he just he just jogs out like he doesn't give a f- I'm taking my time. And seeing how awkward they've all found this running into the ring at this rumble because of the arch, and he's have Orton just. Saunter. Was like, it wasn't even a saunter, yeah. it was a glacial drift. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not one of these idiots. I'm just going to stroll out, hit a couple of RKOs I got tossed out, and just like. Yeah. I'm going to get the I'm, big pop that everyone's yeah. going to remember for RKO and Naya, so it doesn't matter Madden. how hard I work. And then I'm going to get dumped out. I'm going back to the bus. <laughs> this, this is a man who's just cashing them checks. 2.5 million plus a year. Well played, sir. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about a man who knows his role. How boring must his job be at this point in oh, time? Oh, God, yeah. They don't even give him promo time anymore, do they? <laughs> no. Just do a promo this week, Randy. Nope. <laughs> Not really. Are you going to give me more money? No? I feel like I've got one RKO me this week, boss. <laughs> yeah. Who's taking it? <laughs> Don't have to do it. I can stay on the bus. Yeah, it's <laughs> got a DVD player fitted. <laughs> yeah, I love it because it's like, and then the thing is too, it's like the talents. There's actually like a lot of good talent. In yes, the there the absolutely end. was. And Dolph Ziggler, 
So I think it's actually <laughs> really interesting that like during this kind of like mix that you have, it's like, hey, you got fucking Ray and Andrade, and you got you know some you know Seth's still lying around over there, and Braun, who by the way is fucking cold as a witch's tip yes. right now, it feels like to me. Um, yeah, McIntyre. It's been like that since he lost to Brock. It's not consi- get, getting worse. Not consistently like that. It kind of goes up and down to be honest. Show show it feels like to me, but. McIntyre, who like and that was the thing too. It's like on Raw, unless I missed it, no follow up to the fact that Dolph's back and eliminates Drew. That was just, that was it. That was the payoff. That was that. All right. Yes. Um, th- there, like, it's not a massive point, I suppose, but something that I I felt undercut it a bit was I never liked knowing who's got the numbers before. No. Before the rumble, I know obviously the, the way they did that was to have the contrived nature of Nia Jax just enter uh, by the way who gave her authority to enter into the Rumble after after Becky Lynch had to beg Fit Finley she just strolls in yeah it's like they're not they're not even on their own show they don't even try anymore for things to make sense no that's the heartbreaking thing the, comment, the commentators they'll put so much thought into Lana's ankle injury <laughs> but the commentators will have they don't even make a remark about well no is she seen, legal no yeah no one's seen Fit Finley in an authority position how can he make this decision? You know, maybe just touch on that, perhaps. Gorilla would have. Just reference it. The brain would have. Yeah. The brain would have been all over that. Oh, out of like white on rice. And then you get to you get to this one, and she just strolls. Like, a touch on the fact that maybe she shouldn't be in there. You know, this will not stand. Anything just for the credibility of the match. No, just. It's just, it's, it's just part of the show. <laughs> I really like this vape. I keep taking yeah. arrogant chugs on it. <laughs> make a statement. You can't Kieran has begun like. vaping. Hopefully, it doesn't destroy the microphone. It's delicious. But it's, it's what flavour you in for this today? This is. I think this is strawberry and pear. Ooh, fruity, delicious. Unlike the vanilla that was this Royal Rumble. Exactly. It was very, very safe, very plain. Not a rumble that I'll look back on and say I hated, but just very kind of. Oh, by the way, Seth Rollins wins. Yeah, yes <laughs> we'll put that out Seth Rollins wins uh, but oh by the way he will not be main eventing Wrestlemania no no by the way did you I, I've heard this on Twitter only one Royal Rumble winner yes, in the last this. 13 years has actually won the title in the main event last match of Wrestlemania one in 13 years which was John Cena I'd be curious to know from that breakdown how many of them that have won the Rumble have actually competed in the last match at WrestleMania. That is about 50%. Yeah. yeah. You, you un- you under- and they wonder why the ratings, you, by the way, yeah. the, the, the Raw after the Royal Rumble were down 20% this year, over last year. Hmm. You, know, you, you undercut it, you undercut the gimmick by having instances such as that, and then irrespective of whether it's a women's Royal Rumble or not you dilute it further by having two Rumbles mm-hmm. on the same <clears> show <throat> yeah you know, and, and they'll do the same next month with the Elimination Chamber because there'll be there'll be two Chamber matches which dilutes that gimmick and it's just and, and going back I, I know it's a little tiny point but just to go back backtrack on it slightly, with the numbers in the Rumble when you know that Truth's going to be 30 in theory doesn't build up any anticipation because I'm sat there. Is that why they do it though? So they don't so get the, a backlash when someone shit. The false hopes. It probably is because you, you sit there now and I thought. I love well, that. I thought, the well, only... for a wrestling company downplaying expectations. Yeah. 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 How tough is that? Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, only... The idea of the business is a business built on hype. Let's unpromote this. Let's unpromote this. Let's downplay let's the hype. Yeah. 
So that not for the people who might buy the show, but for the people who we know are going to be there anyway and yeah. shit all over it. Because we've got no control over our audience. Putting one less thing for them to shit over. Yeah. But yeah, it's just that notion of I'm sat there watching it, knowing that there's only three entrances left, and I know Truth's number 30, and I know Orton hasn't come out yet. So I know two of the three, and oh, by the way, the third one just happens to be Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> Surprise! I was getting I'm here to shut the fuck off. I, was, I, was, I, I didn't was... miss you while you were gone. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Dies Every Move. Yeah. You, you know, we talk about Ricochet. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, Ricochet doesn't die. Dolph, 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 he's immortal. Dolph, Dolph Ziggler's a fucking seventh rate Shawn Michaels. <laughs> I think you'd still take that as a. As a That's not a compliment, yeah. you know. He'll take that as a compliment himself, I'm sure. Okay, I'll rephrase it then. Dolph Ziggler's shit. <laughs> Alright then, fucking hell. <laughs> That. Yeah, yeah, it's some matter. Is there any New Japan shows soon for us to review? Hey, uh, yeah, New Beginning is coming up soon. We'll, uh, we may have to get to one of them. Anyway, uh, overall thoughts. Again, not a Rumble match that I hated. I, th- I came away from the show feeling many things. Exhaust. Exhaustion. Yes, yeah. Um, Tired. N- Irritated. Not hating the show. Feeling like I'd witnessed something special in the Women's Royal Rumble, for, for sure. A, 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 a special a special level that I, I hope to never see again but I know they're going to do it again next year um, not so much a level reached for as a depth, depth, depth plunged yes. yes it was oh. I was kind of really feeling kind of like a little bit empty they've got a real problem with this with, with the it's the roster it's the, the nature of the show where it just felt like we, and we said it's superficial like, superficial bunch of mid carders and there is and even though yet yeah, Seth won got a pop I don't have a feeling that the crowd, deep down, honestly, gives a fuck about any of the men on this roster, apart from Brock Lesnar, subconsciously, funnily enough, because they know he's important. But even when you get, like, all these matches that this live audience should think are special, never come off special. Have you they noticed don't. that in the last fucking two years? They AJ don't. and Brian yeah. for the title is a wet dream and they don't care. Nakamura styles at Mania. They bought nothing. Nicholas the tag team champion. Fuck me, that got him. They don't care about the matches. They think not, they, they act not, like they do. They're not interested in investing in the matches. They don't want to get lost in the matches. They want to pop for the spots. I hear casual fans talking these days and... I try and figure out both of them. There's a few. There's really? There's a few real super casual fans like yeah. Um and I try and and I listen to them and I try and figure out what it is they like about the product. And I'm not sure. I'm not sure they're not there's not this real heartfelt attachment to the product like there used to be, I think. Just generally across wrestling. Okay, even you go back to Pre, well, I say pre-territory territory times. Your uh, the emotional attachment to your local territory was palpable. Even the actually do it as a case, and obviously since then we've always talked about it being diminished and diminished more and more and more. We've got to the point now where these casual fans don't they haven't had that grinding coming through that experience and that, and mm. it's just this omnipotent, open-ended product that they can drop in and out of casually, watch a little video clip on Twitter doesn't matter what happens or what means what really nothing really matters it's just something's going to happen this week and it's just it just is it just is it's just part and there's no there's no real 
no proper excitement. No, no anticipation. Anti- anti- there's no anticipation of looking forward to a match, which is what you're talking addressing in terms of the, those super talented guys where you'd expect a hardcore audience to totally be properly excited. If they're proper hardcore fans, you lose that um, kind of uh, cognitive analysis of it and just look forward, you know, that just visceral. That I want to see this. Yeah. There's none of that anymore. People, even with Becky Lynch, I feel sometimes. Yeah, uh, th- th- she's the one because obviously I haven't watched a lot recently, and I've heard all this talk about Becky Lynch being the hot thing. You, so, I'm, do you mean, sorry, just quickly, do you mean in the sense of um, there was a an initial genuine groundswell of people who, who wanted to get behind her, and it's almost become the opposite of the of the Cena bandwagon to jump on at this point. Uh, it's not that. I think that the. Kim, uh, finish your point. No, I was going to say I, I watched it. To, to get that I want to kind of understand why people suddenly to, and I didn't see anything on Sunday to tell me that she is actually over in a way that I would consider a pro wrestler over in terms of moving business I could be wrong on that one but if she's not there is business affected not at all okay. in fact ratings for Smackdown have not been great <laughs> Which and and say what you want, like, yeah, the, the, the rate's on a downward trend anyway. But if it's on a downward trend, then that tells me that the top star isn't making that much of a difference. Nice. So I, I just just to watch it so quick, just to finish. I said I watched this. I watched it. And I was trying to get the psychological, just a feel for 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 how people have taken to it, and I didn't see enough to really. I, I couldn't get a feel on it to be honest. I need, I'd need to see more, but it didn't seem. Genuine in the way I'd consider a guy being over, move away, a, 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 a guy who's properly over in the context of what this business used to be in terms of moving numbers, a guy who you build up an opponent for to put together because that means something. I'm like, yeah, that's it. if she's not there, I'm not sure if business is going to be affected at all anyway. And that's just the general nature of what, what they've yeah. created now. So yeah, I, I, I think to to touch on Liam's point about ratings, you got SmackDown that, that was on a downward trend anyway. But she has become more and more a focal point of that totally. of that show, and I think it, it would be churlish for me to say, "Oh, the ratings have declined because of her," nah. because they were on a downward trend. But I think it's fair to say she's not she stopping. Can't, she momentum. can't be that over because she's not arresting the slide. Yeah, that's it. And but I guess that's my point. Maybe. Maybe what we consider as over is, doesn't apply to this. At least this, this com- world of WWE. In this company, it doesn't matter because they've got their money. They've got their money. They just need they need product. They don't give a fuck. And I think that's when we when we sort of separate fans into hardcore and, and casual and that sort of thing. When it comes to WWE, and, and to speak about your, your point about the, the show itself, um, I dare say people will come away from this and listen and think I absolutely hated it because I've been very strongly negative about specific aspects of the show I didn't hate the show in general I just found it a bit of a slog like like the, the men's rule match itself I just felt the show meandered and was too long and wasn't necessarily it wasn't a terrible show but the you know the majority of it I thought was you know either average or outside of Lesnar it was either average or dull with the first half of the women's rule match being particularly bad um, well, I'll talk about diving with faint praise there. <laughs> but yeah, you'd, you'd give it a you'd give it a half marks sort of thing as a show. You wouldn't call it a you, for, I wouldn't call it a King of the Ring ninety five, for example. 
That'd be real of cool. bad WWF shows. It's nah, just, no way. It's just a. It's just it's there. It's a sort of run of the mill. There's nothing. Yeah. It's there, and the stuff that was that would be deemed exceptional, which I would say would be Becky winning in terms of the delivery of it, and Brock and Finn are mired on the other end of the spectrum by things that they did that kind of took away from both. That's mm. thing as well. Is this is a problem with this is a problem with um, just the, the makeup of their company in general. They don't. They put on a show now. They put on a pay per view, and. And this one in particular, the big ones in particular, where you've got almost every belt defended, it's it's like a matter of fact they're going to be defended on shows. So there's no real whatever whoever's the champion, whatever the scenario, they're always going to be there anyway. There's no everybody's on everything. So there's no yeah. matches aren't made because there's a reason for the match that you know that's, that's been built and percolated over time. Matches are made because it's a matter of fact and that's what always happens we yeah. always have every title defender we always, you know, everyone has to be on the shows everyone has to get the bonus so we have the pre-show it's 12 hours long as well to get everyone on so it, it's, like, it's the same tropes every single time there's no there's nothing is important nothing is on the show because it's important and it's on the show because it's special nothing is on the show for a purpose it's the, the show is just filled up with the guys in different combinations every single time and they, they just—they're so sloppy in, and they just don't care. And then because there's so much product, and it's, it is a really hard thing for them as well at the same time. That it's you know why think too much about it? Because next week we've got to do another five shows. So <laughs> yeah, and it's, it, it falls into that. You have loads of guys, and you paint by numbers, and you try and change it up a li- enough each time to keep it fresh enough. And when guys get stale doing the same old acts, then you change it up and flip them sides and. But it's so formulaic. It's it's, yeah. it's they're panicking. A five-hour show a hard and, watch. And it and it's one of those where I said you talk about what you think draws a casual fan in, and so this breaking down the, the fans between casual and hardcore. And when it comes to WWE, I don't really know how best to describe myself anymore. Because whilst whilst I keep up to date with what's happening. And I'll go out of my way to find particular bits of shows because there's people that I have an affinity for. It'd be disingenuous of me to say I ever look forward to 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 events anymore. You know, I want to see the Brock Lesnar match because I think Brock's great. I want to see what they do with Daniel Bryan in this heel turn. And when it comes to you know matches that I think are really good. I will get invested. You know, I'll start from sort of a maybe an analytical frame of mind, or a sort of reviewing frame of mind. Like, but I'll get immersed in it because that's what I that's what I hope for. I hope to lose myself in the matches or the, or the promos. But for me to lose myself in it, things have to have consequence. And because things in the WWE don't have consequence anymore, such as wins and losses not mattering, and the vast majority of the, the company just being a company full of mid-carders, I don't look forward to the shows because I don't feel that they have any significance. They don't matter. And because of that basis, I find myself not consistently watching the programme. So by that logic, am I sort of this contrast of hardcore wrestling fan casual WWE <laughs> fan or, I just find it funny the way that sort of the, the way we look at audiences now and I think you know I, I, I don't want to be wrong to call myself a hardcore WWE fan because you know I I'm not going to go out of my way to watch Raw and Smackdown every week now in the build up to Mania 
because it, Raw is three hours long, SmackDown is two hours long, and there's other good wrestling that I'd like to watch instead. I think that pretty much sums up quite nicely. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll dip in and out and kind of see. It. I just think you should start it out with Dear Vince. <laughs> <laughs> Sad music in the background. <laughs> now there is one thing I want to say because I don't know, Carl. Did you happen to see the documentary that was aired immediately after the Royal Rumble, uh, the WrestleMania in uh, New Orleans? 24 they did I can't say that I did I so obviously I'm watching this live and I was so thrilled with the start of this documentary that it warmed my heart and it was worth staying up till 5am to see the first clip and I'm going to show you it if you haven't seen it Kieran you won't ever don't think no. Carl you may have on Twitter but uh, this was Wrestlemania after Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns had their match at the crowd shit all over is this yes yeah, yeah, no, no, no 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 is this I, I haven't seen it is this don't say this what it is after the, after the show after the show okay. when Brock comes to the curtain Is that Vince shouting? What's Vince shouting? Hey, asshole. That's Brock Lesnar throwing the belt at Vince. So that was because he's pissed off that the, the crowd did what they did and that they booked him in this spot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Asshole. I like I like uh, Heyman's completely no selling of that. Just follow Brock. Just follow walk, Brock. Walk straight, straight ahead. His face straight ahead. <laughs> yeah, whatever wall Brock walks through, walks through that hole too. Right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, hey, what the fuck's Vince gonna do? He's gonna show asshole. He's gonna show after he's left. left. <laughs> after he's left, and then he's gonna pay him more money to come back to and the greatest Royal and Rumble. And if he starts to get really pissed off with him, Lesnar just says, "I'm going home." Yeah, see ya. And he's gonna do it again when his contract expires again. So uh, there you go. After Mania, it's interesting to see how they go. Uh, you know, you got you got Brock throwing the belt at Vince. You got Dean Ambrose quitting. You know, interesting times here in wrestling and things. Hang on, I know that's new. Though. Yeah, th- things moving around, so it's a uh, quite an interesting time. I don't know what the hell they're going to do with Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania. Still, I don't think he's got a ready-made opponent at all. I think they're doing quite a terrible job actually of building up anything for Bryan. Well, I I think this is very much. You know, you took, uh, I can't remember who who initially came up who made this analogy, but the old Vince and the poster, mm. and Vince Vince and the poster at the moment is WrestleMania, presumably Ronda Rousey, Becky Lynch, and from that Raw. Raw happens this week you, you get the impression no we're going to throw our eggs in that basket anyway so they should um, um, we'll, yeah but to, to the extent of almost well we'll just throw the rest together I'm sure that's, that's, I'm sure that's what it's going to be nothing, nothing yeah. like it looks like it's like yeah. bubbling or building for yeah. anything different anyway and, and gone I'm, are the days yeah. of Randy Savage and Ricky Steamboat doing their angle in October to build for Wrestlemania 3 that's, and it, that's the sort of thing that not even that long ago well actually no probably fucking hell there's long, that long ago now yes, <laughs> but yes. they used to be, you know there used to be times where they'd still build things from Survivor yeah, Series in more recent times yeah it's not a novel concept they, they've been they have done it before but this year it's very very scatterbrained but uh hey tis what it is that's the lay of the land I guess the only question left to ask is if you were booking and I guess this is the difference between booking for anticipation what we talked about before and booking for the circus and the it is aspect of professional wrestling of what looks like they're going to add Charlotte to the Becky Rondo match make it a three way just to get her in there 
Why are you doing that again? I said, that, that, that sums up. If you've got faith in Becky and you've got stock in Ronda, why dilute it? Well, because I think they only half of that equation's true. I, well, they have stock in Ronda. I think they, it's one of those, like with Brian Turnixon, where I think Vince feels like he has to put Lynch in there. He doesn't really want to. Yeah, if you go, if you, yeah, if, if you the same hangups about the women as the men, though. I, I, think, I, I, I think he does because I, I think if you, if you go back twelve months ago, and I'm giving them a hell of a lot of credit and benefit of the doubt in assuming that they had this thought twelve months prior. But I've always been of the impression that the reason that Charlotte Flair ended Oscar's streak is because Rousey Flair was going to be the program twelve months down the line. That's what I think they they envisaged. Hence, when you get to SummerSlam and Becky Lynch does her heel turn, they shouldn't have been, but they were completely caught off guard by the cheers. They were caught with their pants they, down. You know, you know, and, and more fooled them, but they were completely caught off guard by that. And in their minds, for a while still, and I, I still think they even think this way, Charlotte Flair is a face. I think that's how the company views, not necessarily how the audience view it. And I think because of that reason, because I don't think Vince genuinely believes in Becky Lynch, he wants Flair in that program because that's the program he really wanted. He's just because it saves on putting Charlotte in another match because they've got to get everyone on the card anyway. So let's whack him in there, and we'll give we'll come up with some kind of convoluted finish. Well, so you we just can have go the, in that you, direction. You, can, you just have the fabulous Moolah Battle Royal. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Nia Jax can't be in that because, as we maybe alluded to earlier, I believe that she's going to win the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal with a straight face too. They've put her in the Rumble. Seems like the logical follow-up, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So that she can be added to the prestigious list of, of winners, <laughs> including Mojo Rawley and whoever the fuck won in the year before that. Corbin. Uh, yeah, Corbin won. Big Show's won it. Cesaro's won it. It's on the pre-show. I'm not going to watch yeah. it. I don't care. Is Mojo Rawley still employed? Yes. Oh, Did a promo on Raw. He's good. They're going to give him another push for three weeks. <laughs> God, the Zubaz Spaz. <laughs> <laughs> and on what higher note could we leave this on as we get ready to roll on the road to WrestleMania? The Rocky Road. The Rocky Road, indeed. Pothole oh. filled. <laughs> but don't drop your road to WrestleMania. The council aren't going to repair him in time. <laughs> Don't, don't where's the Telford Region Council top, by the way? Don't turn Highways, down. transport, and engineering service. Don't, uh, don't turn down that no way out cul de sac. <laughs> but if you have had enough of us talking about horrible wrestling that doesn't connect with the audience, next week we're going to be talking about December of 1999 in the Monday Night War timeline. That's right, it's Russo Nitro. Oh my god. On the road to Starcade 99. <laughs> At least with him. You, you you have a target to blame, or, or, or yeah, where all the hatred goes, and it's going to be a lot of there's fun. A, there's a vessel, <laughs> such, a vessel, such as it is. Uh, but yes, yeah, so that's going to be a lot of fun. We'll be talking about December of '99 on the podcast next week, and uh, we look forward to that. So thank you very much for listening. Uh, we will be back. We are out of time, but then uh, we'll catch you next week. So for Carl Jones, good night, everybody, and for Kieran O'Rourke. Give a specific shout out to my good buddy West Ham supporter Nick Davis, long-time listener of the show. I'd like to say thank you for three very easily taken points <laughs> last night. <laughs> I leave my walk away about it. Talk to you next week. <laughs>